Hello and welcome. I am Pastor Deborah of Agape Love. Love is here's global spiritual teaching ministry for you. Agape Love is a global network of YouTube channels and even on Rumble, a web page, a website, yeah, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I don't do Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. I have enough social media platforms to keep an eye on. But welcome. This is another wonderful, wonderful teaching in the School of Light. The Kingdom of Agape Love, volume number one. These are the many stories that I, Pastor Deborah, experienced, lived through. To go from being a licensed clinical mental health counselor to helping you the Lord's way. You, the forever person. And I want to welcome you to this next story called A Heart's Desire. It is story number 21. When we finish these stories in volume number one, we're going to pick up in volume number two, deep personal stories of working with people like you. So you'll have hope and you'll see that someone loves you. And we're out here to help you the Lord's way. That's right. So welcome to the Garden of Eden today, where we're teaching spiritually a heart's desire of Pastor Deborah, that each one who desires to help other people must have. It must be a deep longing, full of tears and valleys of tears. You must see and believe many things that you have not seen or ever believed in. You must have training, education, more training, more education, test, trials of your faith, test by the enemy. You'll be attacked. Can you hold? You will be attacked to see, can you still love? That's right. These are the many stories. And this one, A Heart's Desires, is just one of them. So welcome here today to the Garden of Eden, this wonderful spiritual place where we get taught for our forever person to learn. And we want to give Zoom Pro a big thank you. I'm recording in it and to Pixabay for this wonderful motion video. I get these motion videos from Pixabay for free. Their creators are wonderful and you can donate to them if you want to. And I want to thank all the laptop computer people, those that are use, make gaming computers. That's what I use because they're very fast and they hold a lot of video. And the cameras and the microphones. Thank you. And to YouTube and LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you for being a platform for God. Little did you know, but you are. And I want to thank all of you who are watching and who are who are going to subscribe and have subscribed. This is sort of like a church family all around the world. In a way of speaking, we're all a family, sort of. Mm -hmm. We're all interested 
in many different topics or all different levels. We're like a classroom, a school. That's right. So welcome. I'm Pastor Deborah, and we're going to start this story, A Heart's Desire, first with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of those who you have brought here today to hear you speak to us through Pastor Deborah. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, our teacher, who guides us and leads us, helps us to spiritually understand things we have not understood nor heard before. Thank you, Father, that you desire for us to learn and grow as you do all your children. Thank you, Father, for giving us hearts that will listen, minds that can perceive, and a spirit that will receive you. Father, thank you for showing us the way to help people your way. Through one person's life, Pastor Deborah, who was a licensed clinical mental health counselor, trying to help people with their issues in the ways of the world, to helping you, to help people your way. Thank you, Father, for being with us today. Here in this video, A Heart's Desire. Thank you. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, I'm going to read some scriptures and we'll get into the story. I operate out of the authorized King James Bible. It's one with no commentaries. It has no denominational slant. It's not a study Bible. It's just the translated words from Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek, maybe some Latin, into my language of English. And I leave the interpretation up to the Holy Spirit. He will then take me to the Webster's Dictionary, maybe the Strong's Concordance, to get more definitions about the one word. Then he might use movies, songs, poems, nature, personal experiences, dreams, visions to help me get a clearer understanding of what he's talking about in the realm of the spirit. So that's why I use the authorized King James Bible. The reason it's named after King James is King James was the son of, I think, Mary, Queen of Scotland, who was Catholic. But she raised her son as a Protestant. When Queen Elizabeth I died, she had no children. So she had no heir to the kingdom of Britain, England, Scotland, Ireland. In all the colonies. So she brought in her sister, Mary, Queen of Scots, son, James, out of Scotland. He came down to England. He saw there was something called the Bishop's Bible. It was written by the current leaders of the Church of England, who had been former, probably, Catholic priests. And their Bible was not very good. There was another Bible that was written by the pilgrims. I can't remember. might have been the Geneva Bible. I'm not quite sure the name of it this, at this moment. But it had a lot of commentaries about people's hatred of monarchy, monarchy, the king, royalty, jewelry, gold. And it was written sort of by pilgrims. 
uh, you might would have classified the early pilgrims. Maybe nowadays we might see it as, say, a fundamental religion where they wanted no outward appearance of anything of royalty or gold or anything. And those two forms of the Bible did not suit King James. So he brought all these scholars together. And he said, I want a new Bible. And I want you to take just the Greek words, the Aramaic words, the Hebrew words, out of the original context that we have. And I want you to translate it, just the words, into English. I want no translations, no uh, definitions, no commentaries, just the words translated. So he did. And that came the King James Authorized Bible. I use that and I let the Holy Spirit teach me through however I need to learn. So let's begin with some scriptures. We're going to start with John 4, 23 through 24. This is sort of the background to this story. A heart's desire. Verse 23. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. This was said to a young lady at a well by Christ Jesus. He had gone there. He was thirsty. He was sitting down. And this woman came to fill her bucket of water. And they started talking about water. And he started answering some strange answers to her about living water. That if you drank what I have to offer you, you'll never be thirsty again. She looked at him and said, sir, you don't have a bucket. What water are you talking about? And he begins to change the conversation to spiritual water. And she is starting to pick up and she says, sir, I see you might be a prophet. You know, we Samaritans, we go up to a high mountain and we worship God there. But you Jews tell us, The only proper place to worship is in the temple in Jerusalem. Who's right? And Jesus says, woman, woman, sort of like that. The time has now come. The hour's here. Where the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Well, that wasn't a physical location. You're not going to go to the mountain. You're not going to go to a building. You're going to go in the spirit. And he went on and said, for the father seeks such to worship him. That was a mighty statement. The time had come now. No longer to worship in a mountaintop, in a building, but in the spirit. Verse 24 God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God was now saying it's, it is about your spirit, your forever person, worshiping me 
in the realm of the spirit. We had gone in this story from earthly water and earthly well to living water, to worshiping at a high mountain, worshiping at the temple in Jerusalem, a building, to worshiping in spirit. And that you must worship this God you're trying to worship. You, the spirit person, the forever person, must worship in spirit. And in truth, you must have knowledge of what worship is. What is the spirit? Who is this spirit God? That was his conversation at this well with this woman. John 5.24 Truly, truly, this is Christ Jesus speaking again. I say unto you, he that spiritually hears. I was taught to put the word spirit and spiritually, spiritual in front of words. I needed to be taught how to read the Bible from a spiritual context and how my education and training to help you the Lord's way was going to be spiritual for my spirit. So that's why you'll hear the word spiritual a lot. He that spiritually hears my spiritual words of spirit and life and spiritually believes on him, the heavenly father that sent me, the son, the Christ, the anointed king, his image and likeness has everlasting spiritual life. You get the Holy Spirit into your spirit. And there's no more spiritual condemnation. That's a powerful statement. A lot of people stick with Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They're sort of like at the door of a store. He says, that's just the entry. He says, if you truly hear me. And these words of spirit I'm speaking to you. And these words of life. And you spiritually believe on him. My heavenly father. That he sent me. Most people just stay with Jesus. They don't go to the father. I had to learn to go past Jesus. Into the Christ. Into his mind. And to have a relationship. And an understanding. Of this spiritual God. Mm -hmm. The God of spirit and life. The God of truth. I had to learn spiritually. Who he was. My spirit had to learn how to worship him. Hear him. Understand him. I was beginning a journey. That in mental health counseling. You had no education. No teaching on. And really, if you were to be a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, you really didn't get this deep spiritual teaching. So when I learned that I would not be under spiritual condemnation anymore, that meant the first death of separation from him spiritually, that my spirit, my forever person, would no longer be separated from him. And then there'd be no second spiritual death into the spiritual lake 
a fire. That was good, I thought. But instead, I had learned that I would be spiritually passed from spiritual death, that separation from God, spiritually. My spirit, when I'm in the kingdom of darkness, not believing in Christ yet or his father, I'm separated from them. I'm in a sea like this of darkness. And all around me might be his words, his light, but I'm not in it yet. So he said, I'm separated. But when I believe on Christ Jesus and his father, that's all gone away. So that's what he's working towards. To end this separation, this family feud. that We didn't even know we're in. So I was beginning through scripture to learn how to help you the Lord's way. Mm -hmm. Did this at home? Did it reading? Quiet time with him? Reading true stories, watching movies, Bible movies, reading the word, writing out the words, looking up the words in the concordance in the Webster's Dictionary. Slow, slow, writing, writing, asking God millions of questions. But the Holy Spirit continued to bring me spiritually, that's my spirit, into spiritual fullness of being one with this God. One in spiritual intimacy with the heavenly father as his son was Christ. He was learning how to be an anointed king, a son, a child of the father and his mother's side. And I was asked one night at church in the Brownsville revival from 1995 to about 2000 during a praise and worship session hands were up eyes were up and they were closed what the desires of my heart my mind was have you ever been asked that by god i was when i was praising and worshiping him And I immediately said, to be a spiritual mother of his agape love, a bearer, a carrier to all those in the occult, heavy metal music, Satanism, witchcraft, vampirism, abused, those in religious cults, those that are confused on who they are living in darkness, to turn their hearts to the heavenly father. That was my heart's desire. If you're asked. By the Holy Spirit. What is your heart's desire? What would you say? He'll catch you off guard. When you might be worshiping. In your dreams. Watching a movie. Doing the dishes. Taking a shower. Eating. Studying. Mm-hmm. I knew all of those needed a mama. They needed loving, nursing with warm, sweet milk, the word of God. They had been abandoned, rejected, and abused by their mother, even in the womb. 
You see, the mother's love is the anchor, the solid foundation of the soul. And when it's not there, the child is flapping in the breeze, unhappy. The soul is a mess. The spirit has no foundation. So I knew they needed a mother. And the Holy Spirit said immediately to me, it's done. Just like that. I was anointed, blessed, called, directed to be a spiritual mother to you. Oh, you may not think you're in witchcraft. You might just be serving your ancestors, forces. Oh, you might not think you're into vampirism, but you suck the life out of anybody for your purposes to live. Oh, you might not think you're into heavy metal music, but the words, the songs you listen to might be your political party, another party, another nation. Oh, you might not be think you're in Satanism. Mm-hmm. The word Satan just means the adversary of God. That's all. And you might be serving him by killing, stealing, being a thief, wanting to enslave people, bomb them and kill them. And all you think about is greed, money, control. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. It was beginning to make sense that these people, you, needed some love of a mama. What would you answer to that question? Then to spiritually prepare me for this spiritual purpose that I was just called to do, anointed to do by the Heavenly Father. I didn't realize that a mama is a preacher. Mama's a sent one by God. Mama's a pastor, a shepherd, guard, a teacher, an evangelist, all wrapped up in one. So my spiritual purposes, the way of helping people, had just changed. And I was to help the great spiritual multitude in this way. There was a great spiritual ministry that laid ahead for me. Of course, it was totally unknown to me. And I had to hear the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Father, the Most High God, above all things. Above all crying, screaming, death, pain, demons roaring, and a human spirit paralyzed by fear. So I needed training. I needed education. I had to look into the world of abuse, human trafficking. I had to look at wars, slaves, captives. I studied movies, history, World War I, World War II. I studied. I became a victim's advocate for the state of Florida and a guardian ad litem for children. I learned. I had to watch some horrible abuse stuff. I had to learn about Wars, enslaving nations and people, occupation, occupiers. I had to watch, study. God was teaching me through every movie I watched. Even today, I just watched 
I'll watch a movie. I don't know much about it. And in it, some words start showing up. I have to go back, watch the movie, write down. I'm doing one now called Arthur and Merlin. And I just did another one about World War II when Nazi Germany came into Norway about the thinking of the Nazis regarding other people. Even today, I have to get out my notebook and write because you will hear God has them hidden. He has hidden lessons in everything. If you're looking, if you know you're to be taught, trained, educated, everything in your daily experience can be used. Going to Walmart, shopping, the foods you eat. What's going on at school for you, your family, everything will be used. So this spiritual training to hear cries of hearts and people spiritually began. Well, one night in a revival service at this Assembly of God church here in Pensacola, Florida. It was called Brownsville Assembly of God during this revival with Steve Hill. I have a lot of those videos on this YouTube channel. You can see what atmosphere I was in. Most people never attended it. Most Christians didn't. Events like this happen, maybe at a smaller scale. But this was a global worldwide. We were on 2020 ABC News. People from all over the world came. But most Christians, even in Pensacola, did not come. Changed my life. Well, one night when I was laying on the floor under the power and the glory blanket of God after prayer, which would come like this, I would walk up to a person who was a part of a team and there would be somebody behind me ready to catch me. And the front person would put their hands up like this and touch my forehead right here very lightly and say, touch him, Lord. Fill them up. Ooh, down Pastor Deborah went. God took away all my physical strength. I couldn't open my eyes or talk, but my ears could hear. I laid in the presence of God's glory on the floor in a dress in a church around thousands and thousands of other people up to two and a half hours every night. And we called it the glory blanket. It was like a warm, soft blanket just laying on you. Snuggled in it, you would hear loving words from God. God was touching, reaching our spirits. So one night while I was under this glory blanket of God, this presence of God himself, I could hear the music that was being played. I could hear the people's voices. I knew they were walking around. Other people were getting prayer. The praise and worship was going on. People were dancing, praying, singing, worshiping. And I wanted to get up and do the same thing. Because I thought I should get up and praise God. Worship God. Dance to God. But the Holy Spirit told me. Do not move. He said, you must 
be able to hear my voice above all the music, the voices of the people, the dancing. I remember laying there on the floor, desiring very much to get up and to praise and worship him. I thought he needed that from me. And yet I spiritually knew I had to listen and obey the Holy Spirit. So I laid there. I was in two realms. I could hear and sense the physical world around me. And I was calm and quiet in the realm of the spirit. I was actually laying under a pew in a dress in a church aisle. So I laid there quietly. And the world of the natural, the world in the church, the music, the people dancing, talking around me faded as elevator music into the quiet background. My spirit was calm and still, full of peace, while all around me was singing and dancing and music. It got quieter and quieter and quieter from that world. I had to be able to spiritually hear the spiritual voice of the Lord at all times, above all sounds, that my natural ears were hearing, and that maybe I might be hearing in the realm of the spirit. I had to be able to put earthly sounds in the background, make them very quiet. I didn't do that. The Holy Spirit did. But I concentrated more on the realm of the spirit listening. Remember, my eyes are closed like this. I'm on the floor. So I could spiritually hear loudly and clearly only the voice of the Holy Spirit above all sounds, above all voices, even my own. If you happen to hear any kind of weird noises today, it's because we have across the street from my house, a house is being torn down that got destroyed in Hurricane Sally two or three years ago. And they got a big, oh, I don't know what you call them, crane over there. And they're picking up all the house and the concrete and putting it in dumpsters. And it's very loud and noisy. So if you hear that, that's what it is. I had to be quiet. My spirit had to be calm at peace. At the time of this spiritual training, that I had no idea what I was being trained for. I knew it was training. Remember, God told me he was going to help me to learn how to to help people his way. So everything from that day on, which had already been a couple of years, was teaching, training, education, everything. At home, at church, at work, and volunteer, everything, every movie, Every song, every video, every book, training, training, training. Because he was trying to pull me out of the world of mental health counseling into the spiritual realm where he was 
so I and him could work together to reach you spiritually, the forever person. Remember, I didn't really know you existed. I had only been working in the soul. I had really no idea what the spiritual training was for, but I soon found out. I had to be able to spiritually hear the voice of the Lord God and obey, no matter what was going on around me. I had to learn to stop whatever I was doing, going up the stairs, stop in the shower, stop my cart in Walmart, stop, listen, respond, then do. And then things started to happen. My training would include standing spiritually in flames and fire in a satanic altar where they were meeting and killing and sacrificing and eating and burning children and babies, people. There were screams, yelling in great pain as they were being killed and burned alive. Then I had to learn how to be quiet while people were talking. On the phone, maybe 200, 300 people wanting to talk to me through one person. I had to be sensitive to the realm of the spirit, to people, things, activities, voices, training, training, education, education, more training. I had to be so intimate and one spiritually. With the Heavenly Father. So I could spiritually hear. His voice. Through the Holy Spirit. Even in my sleep. I had to spiritually know. The voice of the Lord. Without doubt. And without hesitation. Because God's spiritual victory. Would count. Depend on. My spiritual Hearing his voice and obeying it immediately. I was being taught all of this, just laying on the floor in a church. As I laid on the floor hearing my with my natural ears, the music, the singing and the talking. I still was trying to tell myself to get up and go sing and praise the Lord. Most of us don't realize what God's trying to do with us. We think in one level, one world, that we should be doing something for God, giving him praise and thanksgiving when he's trying to train us to do something else. The Lord was telling me to stay still and be calm, full of his peace. I had heard spiritually his voice so clear that the music and the people that were singing became as a quiet background. Hardly able to even hear it with my physical ears. 
for it was as if the Lord Jesus Christ himself was standing right there next to me. And he was spiritually. And he said to me through the Holy Spirit. Now, many people might say this was Christ Jesus himself. It was. It was words. But it was the Father. This is all about the Father's work. If you listen to Jesus Christ carefully, it's the Father's at work. The Father's work. The Father sent me. The Believe on the Father. The Father. That's the relationship he was trying to get to us. We're his child. We have to get there. Jesus provided the way and the bridge. But he's trying to tell us of the Father. So I would hear the Holy Spirit tell me, do not get up. You must be able to hear my voice. That was the Father's voice. Above all the sounds around you, both spiritually and physically. And you must be still and calm your spirit and your mind. Even while much is going on around you. That's a lesson everybody needs to learn. Maybe people are screaming. We see this training in our rescue people. The military, firefighters, policemen. We see it in doctors, nurses, teachers. We must be trained. Just getting up in front of people, having a platform, a pulpit, and preaching where there's no interference, that's not training to help people the Lord's way. There are times when you will teach, not preach. Preaching is this. God is alive. That's preaching. It's loud. It's declarative. Teaching is God is a spirit. And he loves you. And he wants to be your father. And you are a spirit. That's teaching. There's a difference. So I laid there. On the floor. In a dress. Under the pew. And listened and obeyed. The voice. Of God himself. I was in two places. At the same time. My physical body was on the floor in a church service during prayer time, hearing music, singing, and my spiritual body was in the presence of the Lord, clearly hearing his voice, and I was perfectly peaceful. The spirit realm became very real that day, contrasted to the realm of the natural. I was calm. And still, I was in training, training, training. When you accept the Lord's invitation to help people his way, be lots of training. He'll use everything, every event, training, training, teaching, training. You'll be mentored. You'll be under people. Training. Test. More tests, trials by fire, training, testing, training, 
education, more studying. I could barely, I didn't think I was going to make it some days. I had a family. I had parents, brother, husband, child, a job, training. I would read six to eight books at one time. Plus the Bible, plus watching movies, plus working in the community. Plus dealing with all family issues. And then the church issues started. But training it was and training I stayed in there. It was like I was becoming a Navy SEAL. Only the best of the best. It's hard training. Being even an Army Ranger. Special Ops. Secret Agent. Training. Training. Education. More training. So here I was. On the floor. Under a pew. God the Most High was spiritually preparing me for spiritual ministry that I knew nothing about and had not read about, been talked about as I was preparing to be an Assembly of God minister. There were no classes in the church. There was none of this kind of training. I hadn't heard about this from any book or pastor or teacher. They really didn't talk about their training. But spiritual training, it was. See, there's earthly kinds of training to be a pastor in a denomination, a non-denomination, how to be a chaplain in a hospital. I took that kind of training. How to be a chaplain in the military, how to help people, how to preach and teach and write sermons. I had all that training. That was not this. This was pure spiritual training for my spirit. Directed by, instructed by the Holy Spirit himself. God the Most High's training and spiritual preparation was almost complete and soon to be tested. I now could spiritually hear his voice. That's number one. In all situations, while in the natural and the physical and in the spirit at the same time. I was now a very peaceful, calm spirit at all times. I had spiritually learned that God, the Heavenly Father, wanted to talk to me and needed me to spiritually hear his voice above all things 24-7. I learned spiritually Very soon, what all the spiritual training was for. To spiritually bring the spiritually least of King Jesus' spiritual brethren, the children of the darkness, you, to their heavenly father's family, who loves them so very much and desires not To lose even one of them. Not in the womb. Not in infancy. Not in childhood or teen years. Or even at the mature age. He wanted to spiritually adopt them as a new child of God. So they could become his spiritual children. Birthed anew. Born again through death. Through the sacrifice of Christ Jesus 
on a cross. To this very day, everyone is spiritually adopted, even on LinkedIn. I adopt many. By me, as my spiritual child, and then the heavenly fathers as well. For I am Agape Love's ambassador, representative. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have only seconds before death comes and would claim the earthly life of a precious child of the great spiritual darkness, children of Satan, to win this victory for God. Was always in a battle for God's victory to be upheld on the cross. So Satan would continue to be defeated and lose his possessions. But the Most High God would always give me time to spiritually adopt them as their spiritual mother. Sometimes he had to stop time, stop things. Freeze things in motion just so I could talk to them. So they could be the spiritual children of God again. That reconnects them to the Heavenly Father. As Jesus did through the spiritual bonds of his agape love. And then to have them spiritually accept his offer to be children of him so he could become their spiritual father in his kingdom of heaven the kingdom of love joy and peace righteousness and truth and light the eternal kingdom of heaven i have been and still am taken in the spirit by the holy spirit Move in all the gifts that the Lord needs to be in operation during this mission, the ministry. And God, the most time, many times, would take me to a satanic meeting and have me stand in spiritual flames of fire, burning in the physical earth on an altar to Satan as precious human spirits in a physical body were being sacrificed for Satan's pleasure and purposes. Does this happen? Yes. How I learned about this possibility was from an audio tape that was given to me years ago. A Satanist had called a pastor and started threatening him if he didn't stop loving Satanists and witches. And the pastor stayed calm and talked back to the Satanist, said, I'll be praying for you that God will reach out to you and you will know him and his love for you. So some time went by, maybe a couple months, and this Satanist called back to this pastor. And said, I need to tell you something that happened. We were at our satanic meeting about a month ago. 
out in the woods with a bonfire. And in the flames came a spirit we had not ever seen there before or recognized. He said his name was Christ Jesus of Nazareth. And he had come to us to offer salvation and to be born again. We had seen spirits in fire, demonic ones, but never this guy. And we all finally believed that Christ Jesus was alive. He was real. And we all accepted his offer. The Satanist told this pastor. When I heard that on an audio tape, I saw the possibilities of Christ Jesus, his spirit, appearing in flames of fire. I had to have examples. I had to hear that God worked in dreams to save people. So that my prayers and petitions and what I believed about the power of God would be based on truth and fact. So does this happen? Yes. Each time Satan was spiritually defeated by the power of agape love, as I was able to spiritually adopt these precious human spirits into the spiritual family of God who were being burned alive. I stayed calm in my spirit. I did his spiritual ministry. He spiritually received his spiritual inheritance, his spiritual children. Many times I have been spiritually taken by the Holy Spirit of the Lord to many different places. I've been to dungeons and castles, faraway lands. Mm -hmm. I've been taken inside of human beings, inside the womb of woman. Many times to reach the spiritual child inside the dirt body in a womb. I have traveled to galaxies and star systems, to deep, dark caverns that are here on our planets, but in the realm of the spirit. And I stayed calm. My training in that church that night helped me. Many times I've been spiritually taken by the Holy Spirit at a moment's notice. If you don't believe this, you go read the book of Ezekiel out of the King James Bible. You read about his trips, his visions. Our spirit is capable. It travels, it moves. It can see, hear, talk, do things. I would be taken sometimes to a room. In a cave or a castle where a precious human spirit was waiting to be sacrificed at the satanic meeting that night. I would be able to spiritually speak with the human spirit for they could see me spiritually and I could see them. Later on. When I watched the Matrix trilogy with Neo and Morpheus, Neo was in the Matrix. His physical body was plugged in, but Morpheus was coming to him spiritually in the Matrix, visiting him, 
in his mind. Then you go watch the movie Doctor Strange by Marvel. You'll learn much more about the spirit realm that's here on our planets, our Earth. You go watch and learn. You put the word spiritual in front of just about every word in the Bible. And the Bible will start opening up to you. And I was able to spiritually speak because my spirit is a person. It's a forever person. has eyes, ears, and a mouth, and a nose, and hands, feet. It can take different shapes and forms. I've been an Indian princess. Sometimes I'm just a beam of light, like one of these. Sometimes I'm just a star. Just a voice. I would speak with these human spirits. They could see me. They were connected. They could see into the realm of the spirit. And they could hear me. I told them, or him or her, that they were going to die that night in just a few minutes. But that someone they did not know loved them. And wanted them as his spiritual child. Of course, they were always shocked that a Christian would move in the spirit like they did. I'm always able to spiritually talk to them, spirit to spirit, and tell them what great love this heavenly father, God Almighty, has for them. And that he did not want them to suffer great pain and torture. At their death. The Lord as I was speaking them to them. Would always say to me. I'll take them now. I had to learn to be in three way conversations. One to you. Like this. And one to him. I had to learn to have. Very good communication skills. And listening skills. Remember I was trained. Training, training, training. And God would say, I will take them now. I knew what that meant. The Most High God would take his or her spirit now to heaven before they suffered at the hands of Satan and his demons through human servants. God the Most High would spiritually free this precious spiritual child from a horrible, painful death. This human that I was talking to was going to be sacrificed in just a few minutes. This precious human spirit himself had gotten saved and had saved many chosen children of Satan to Christ Jesus and the Father. So he was to be sacrificed as a traitor that night. He was accepting of his fate. He knew his death was going to be great torture and pain. And he was accepting of that. But I said to him that the Lord Most High God desired to deny Satan this pleasure of his death. So therefore the Lord Most High God would take him now. If he wanted to go now. And avoid all the torture and pain. And deny Satan 
his pleasure. I told him that he did not have much time left because they were coming for him now and they were just a few minutes away. He said he knew they were coming for them. And I said again to this one that the Lord Most High God would take him now in cases like this because this young one, even though he was saved, he didn't have the relationship with God yet to hear his voice clearly. He just believed, but he hadn't developed a relationship with him. So God had to use me. I could hear him. I had a oneness with God, and I would tell him, this young man, God's message. That was the place of a minister, a pastor, preacher, a shepherd, a teacher. I have a little one here, a baby, that believes but does not has not yet developed at the time to develop a relationship yet. And I said, the Lord God would take him now. I said, just leave your physical body as you do all the time. And an angel of the Lord will meet him and take him to the throne room of God, the most high in the kingdom of heaven. And he will just not ever return to his earthly body. Most of these Satanists and witches and even you don't believe this could happen. Don't believe that God would take you out before the pain happens. In this case, in this world of Satanism, witchcraft, heavy metal music, vampirism, the worst of the worst, God was doing powerful, unheard of things so they would believe. I was shocked most of the time at the powers of God, what he was willing to do if he had a person, a partner, that was intimate with him and he had trained personally and would believe and would go. And he said to me, he would go now. So I prayed and asked God to deny Satan and to take him now. My prayer went, Father, he has said yes to your offer. He wants to come with you now. Father, do your will. Do your ministry. Be about your work. In this battle against Satan, your adversary, take him now in the name of Christ Jesus. That was sort of the prayer. Even though God said he would take him, I had to act as a royal priest now. Out loud, the young man could hear me praying, petitioning God to take him now. Remember, when I was doing this, there were always other people off in a distance. In the darkness, watching, stories would be told about this Pastor Deborah, this spiritual mother showing up. The prayers, she said, all of that was for their benefit. So not only was I a sent one, an ambassador, I was a preacher. I will take him now. I was a royal priest. I was a king. I was a mama loving on these children with agape love. I spiritually helped him into the arms of a waiting angel. Sometimes they can't leave their body. The demons will not let them go. The demons love torturing the human spirit. Even while they're on their deathbeds, the 
demons love to see the spirit tortured. Hold them captive through all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. Torture them with words, hopelessness, so they'll eventually take their own life. And they can go to God and say, we didn't kill him. They did it to themselves. They murdered themselves. They're not one of yours. They don't love their own life. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to learn about the enemy. And I would say to him, I'll see you later. And off spiritually, he and the angel went. Please go back and read Ezekiel slowly. When you start hearing about his trouble, stop. Say, is that possible? Then ask God to let you have the same trips and travels of Ezekiel. The same spiritual visions. Start believing that with God there is nothing impossible to do. And he is at work here on our planets to reach out to our spirits in this great battle of darkness versus light. Then I spiritually watched as Satan's servants came to get this young man. And all they found was a lifeless physical body. For the human spirit was gone. How would they explain this to Satan? And Satan was furious that night. But God had the last word. Satan was humiliated. Denied his sacrifice. And the precious spiritual child was set free. Into the waiting arms of the heavenly. Father, I had to learn how to work with angels and how to be a part of a wonderful kingdom of agape love. I have been spiritually privileged, honored many times to have been part of this mighty spiritual ministry of the Holy Spirit and still am today. I've gone to places where children were to be sacrificed and taken them. I have gone and you'll hear about it. Angel planes. Rescues. Mm-hmm. Almost unbelievable things. I've asked for airplanes. And got them. Flown by angels. I had to have a belief that there was nothing impossible. That God would not do. To reach out to those in deep darkness. And unbelief. Other times. God the most high would spiritually take me. To satanic meetings. And I have stood. In the flames themselves. Of fire burning. On a satanic altar. As a human being. Was being burned alive. That you will hear about. In the Bible. Called three boys in the fiery furnace. And the flames did not touch them. I had to read the stories. I had to believe that God was the same today. Now. As he was in the Bible. That nothing has changed. His powers have not diminished. So I studied the Old Testament. I studied how God was a great general. In a battle. How he used battle 
tactics and how he won against the enemy. And as these humans would scream in pain as they're burning, I showed up. And the Most High God would stop the flames, would stop time. He did it for Joshua when the sun stood still so he could win the battle. Time would stop. The flames stopped for me. So I could lead them to the Lord. And adopt them. As my spiritual child. And then I would always. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say. I will take him. Or her. Now. I would tell them the Lord most high God. Christ Jesus loved them. And would take them now. The pain would stop. Because I'm dealing with the spirit part. If they wanted to go. So they would not feel the flames. And the pain. And to deny Satan his sacrifice. And they always answered yes. I will tell them to go out of their earthly bodies. If they can. If they can't, I will help them. Usually Satan's demons would not allow a human spirit to leave their earthly body because they wanted them to feel the pain, the fear, the torture of death approaching. So the spirit would be tortured and the demons would laugh. You want to see what that looks like? You go watch the movie. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The Chronicles of Narnia. Where Aslan is laying on a slab. And the witch's demons are around while they're killing him. That's what they want. Because they think if they kill, they win. But they couldn't read the magic words around the altar. Many times I would send out the angels to help them out of their earthly bodies. They couldn't get out on their own. They were tied down by fetters and irons and chains unknown to them that had to be cut. Doors had to be opened for their spirit to come out. And these precious new children of God the Most High and the angel would leave and go to the throne room of God, the Most High himself. And this would have been their last and greatest astro trip. Yes, I had to study astro travel. Mm -hmm. I had to study that, read stories about moving out of the body, out of body experiences. Mm hmm. Satan always loses. God always wins. Then I always prepare for Satan's retaliation and attacks. God's spiritual training was put to a test. It held. It was strengthened. And it was complete. I could hear God's voice in all situations. These spiritual victories are spiritually normal for me. 
Sometimes I hear the voice of the Lord say to me, I'll take him now. And I don't know who he is or where he is or who God is talking about. So I stop right where I am and I pray to God. Then I am spiritually taken immediately to the person. For example, on a New Year's Eve night, around midnight, I was coming up my stairs in my house, and the voice of the Lord said, I will take him now. I stopped right on the stairs. I said, yes, Lord, and was spiritually taken to a young man to help him. He didn't know what to do. And death was coming. He had been in a car crash. Was trapped in his car. I spiritually was able to spiritually adopt him. And introduce him to Christ Jesus. Then help him out of his earthly body. I escorted him into the waiting arms of one of the Lord's angels. I said goodbye. And I waved bye. And he spiritually went off. The next day, I learned from the news who it was. In the local newspaper, there was a story of a one-car accident of a young man who had died at the scene of the accident. I learned that he was the one who I spiritually helped to get him out of his physical body. And place him in the arms of waiting angels. Mm -hmm. I have lots of angels I have around me. I have 13 that are my personal guards. Mm -hmm. The head one is Samuel. I never talk to them. They are there to protect me. Then I have legions of angels that have given me. To help me with the weather. To help me travel with me. To take these precious spirits back to the throne room. Got to learn about working with angels. They are ministers of God's kingdom. They are soldiers. They are tough and powerful. Oh, my goodness. And I had to learn how to be their king. Give them orders. Not abuse them. My first one, he was really nice. He worked through most of this with me. He was my first Samuel. Well, he manifested in human form. To help some people. And he stayed too long. And he had sex with some of the girls. He became a demon. And he had to be sent off to the pit. And I had to get another one. So angels have to be very careful. They have to stay in the realm of the spirit. They cannot stay too long. In helping us. So. I was taught. By the Holy Spirit. My spiritual teacher. That God the Most High does not want his spiritual creation, the spiritual beings, the forever person, to die alone and afraid. I've had many come to me as they are dying and want to get right with God. I act as a royal priest. Some of them don't know him, so they come to me to get cleaned up. Others are in comas. And they want to go, but their family won't let them go. And they want permission to leave. Others need permission to let go. Their bodies are too destroyed and their families have moved on. Others in the womb, there is no stopping the abortion. 
a medical procedure to destroy their body. So I deal with the spirit. Physical death is just the final separation of the spirit man from his earthly body. His house, his tent, his covering, his mortal body. Yet so many are afraid and are alone at this time of their physical death. And they need to be shown the way. They don't know what's going to happen. They're afraid. Their soul is afraid. Their spirit is afraid. And they need to walk this path with a loving mother in love, knowing there's a new hope and a new future. And they need to see the love of angels for them. When physical death is upon us to separate the mortal from the immortal, the temporal from the eternal, the dirt from the spirit, many are frightened. Learning how to be a chaplain in a hospital helped. Learning how to be around death helps. I worked as a hospice volunteer for two years. Learning how to accept death. Hold people's hands when they die. Being strong. Leading them into the arms of the Lord. Helping them out. Letting them know it's okay to go. When physical death is upon us, we need to be comforted. Many, if not all, are very afraid and are alone and unsure of the way that now lays before them. Even in this final separation of spirit from its earthly house, God the Most High desires that his precious spiritual children who've been lost to him, perverted and twisted, and they belong to somebody else, know that they are not alone and that he is always watching out for them, caring for them and their journey to this unknown place and wants to help them to come home to the kingdom of heaven, to be a part of his spiritual family, to be a part of this spiritual journey of so many. It's very humbling. You see, I knew I had to be spiritually one, intimate with God, the most high, and believe in his great power of agape love itself. I had to believe in God, the most high, and his unlimited power, and that he would spiritually demonstrate it to spiritually reach the spiritually least of Christ Jesus, the King of Heaven, his spiritual brethren. I had to believe without doubt, with no unbelief in me, without wavering, that there was nothing impossible for him, the Heavenly Father, God the Most High, the Great I Am, Jehovah, to do for the least of Christ Jesus' brothers, his brethren, his family. I had to be in an in an intimate spiritual partnership, sort of a marriage, a oneness with the Heavenly Father, as he had been with his son, Christ Jesus, during his earthly walk. 
and life. And I had to believe that there was no limits of any kind for God. Everything in me had to believe that nothing would be impossible for God the Most High to do. I had to read the Old Testament over and over and over and believe it. Ask that what he did then, he would do now. I had to see his unlimited powers, his words, his spiritual victories, his battle strategies. I had to learn about him. He had to become my heart's desire. And that ends this story called A Heart's Desire. I had to learn his heart's desire for you. And then my heart's desire had to be the same as him. I had to be trained, educated, tested, tried. I had to hear that there was nothing impossible he would not do for you, to reach you, to help you. He was moving. He is not silent. He doesn't sit around for a month fasting and prayer, trying to figure out what he wants to do. He's never changed. He's always about his work. Generations after generations, day after day, even now here on this video, many of you right now, your physical body is dying. It's near death. The enemy's coming. He will take you now. You will not go back to your physical bodies from the garden. You'll go straight on up and you'll meet him. You'll be introduced in the throne room. Angels will help you. You'll be ministered to, taught, fed, clothed. You'll meet your family. Mm -hmm. And one day you will come back to a new earth. You'll get a new, some kind of body. And there'll be no more sickness or death. But until then, you stay up in heaven. Learn. Go to school. Even now, today, death is near to some of you. And his voice says, I will take you now. Right now. Father, take them right now where they are. Into your arms. Free them from the fear and the torment of death. Father, help them. This is your work, your ministry. Even if they're at the point of suicide and the gun is almost pulled to shoot the bullet. Father, we know the enemy is out there. Take them before the hands of enemy and death can bring such terror and torture to them. Father, be about your work. This is your work of your heart. This is your heart's desire for us. We thank you, Father. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. If you want to be in a ministry with him, like I am, he'll help you. You have to be one of his kids. You have to desire intimacy with him and study and learn. Years and years, maybe solitude, maybe no church meetings. Reading, reading, studying, studying, tests, trials, tests, attacks. But you can do it if that's your heart's desire. And I'll see you again 
on the next story of Pastor Deborah going from a mental health counselor to a pastor helping you the Lord's way. Bye.